time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. Mr. Hector B. Poole, resident of the Twilight Zone. Flip a coin and keep flipping it. What are the odds? Half the time it'll come up heads, half the time tails. But in one freakish chance in a million, it'll land on its edge. Mr. Hector B. Poole, a bright human coin on his way to the bank. Episode number 52, and, uh, you know, Sean, I... I like to find, you know, ways in which, um, uh, you know, the, these episodes can kind of be connected, you know, usually yeah. you know, there, there's like, uh, the, the, why you shouldn't get to know your neighbors trilogy, <laughs> uh, of, uh, of the shelter, uh, the monsters are doing Maple street and a third one that I can't think of off the top of my head, but you know, I, I like to, I like to see how the episodes may, might be related, even though. The Twilight Zone was an anthology series, and, and you uh, this, found some some pretty interesting threads, my friend. Yeah, and this one is uh, a part of the uh, the Bewitched trilogy <laughs> uh, because in the previous episode that we talked about last week, the Invaders, we had Agnes Moorhead from from Bewitched. In this one, we have one of the Darrens, and uh, <laughs> there there's another episode uh, coming up with Elizabeth Montgomery. So, oh man, the the uh, the triad of uh, of bewitched, it it, it really is. Uh, but uh, a penny for your thoughts. Now, I I will be totally honest with you. This is not one that's one of my favorites. I and I don't know why. No, um, I will. I'll. I'll I've always skipped over it. Um, but I I kind of enjoyed watching watching it this time. I, I I'm I'm not quite sure. Um, I think it's just because. Dick York's face is just he's he's fantastic in in this and a, a lot of things that he's done and I it, it's just his face looks like a um like a a Jim Carrey that's not trying too hard and oh yeah I like that that's a good description he just you know I I, I think he plays this role perfectly uh, plays Poole perfectly in this uh, the the role in question is uh, Hector Poole. And uh, he's an, a, a a dorky bank clerk, and and I know that uh, apparently bank clerks was one of Rod Serling's favorite uh, <laughs> professions because a lot of these stories end up involving bank clerks. I think my mom may have been a bank a bank teller at at, at this at this point in her life. Uh, eh, maybe maybe a couple years after this. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, if it was nineteen sixty, that that would. I mean, it could be, but. Uh, uh, so anyway, he's walking to work and uh, uh, he he tosses a coin and it stands on edge. What are the odds? Uh, you know, I would bet you that guy on TikTok that does the impossible shots. Oh my god, I love that guy. I, I, I'll bet he's probably done it. <laughs> Which makes you wonder. Uh, you know, apparently when that happens, you can hear other people's thoughts. So it no, makes you wonder, you. has he done that? And when he's done it, has he been able to hear other people's thoughts? My guess is probably not to both, Pro- but maybe not, you know. Um, so he's able to hear what people are thinking. Uh, first, he hears his uh, boss talking about, uh, you know, he's planning on having an affair this weekend, which, you know, seems like uh, <laughs> something normal to hear your boss thinking about. I do, I do like it when we, 
um are privy to the boss's internal monologue when when he's like oh yes this weekend is gonna be out of this world oh yes this weekend i'm totally cheating on my wife (laughs) (laughs) she'll never find out it seems like a totally normal thought for somebody um yeah i i don't know about that but then uh uh, one of the customers uh comes in and he wants to take out a large loan and then go to the horse track Yes. Um, um, taking out a $200,000 loan, which seems like a lot that to pay back in 90 days. In 1960, you know, what, late 60, early 61? Yeah. That does seem like a lot. It does seem like a lot to just go to the bank and get. This says, um, if, you're, if you're looking up how much back then... Yeah. Um, 1.75 million in purchasing power today. Yeah, I would not expect you to be able to go into your local bank and get a loan <laughs> for that much. And I refuse to believe that this is a New York bank because an old man was going to sell to Bermuda from there. Also true. Yeah, the, we'll, we'll get to that in a little while. Um, so I, what, didn't he also like he's he's planning on like, like it's, it's a sort of a cavalcade of, of, of things with this guy because because I think he was trying to get a loan to like pay back money he embezzled. So, yeah, I guess. But I mean, if you're embezzling money, are you paying it back because you also lost that on the dog track or horse track? Um, oh, that's that's or, a good question. What did he embezzle? What did he do with the embezzled money? Or, or did you just take two hundred thousand dollars so you could have it, and then you got to find somebody else's two thousand dollars to replace it with? That could be, you know, what, see, that just proves that you should be a nicer person because this is exactly what happened to George Bailey. All he did have, all he had to do was ask for his uh, neighbors uh, to, to give him money and yes. they, they came through. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's sort of like the, the darker side of it's a wonderful life. Yes, absolutely. Um, is this also, um, speaking of trilogies, we like, the uh what's the episode where the boy can hear everybody's thoughts and he steals like his sister's mouth oh that would be uh it's a good life it's a good life penny for your thoughts i'm sure there's at least one more i can hear what everybody's thinking there's got to be um yeah <laughs> yeah so so we'll we'll work on that and we'll we'll have an answer for you next week uh, <laughs> uh what what the what the hearing your thoughts trilogy is and if we can't, we'll just say what women want starring Mel Gibson. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think maybe uh, maybe that's where the idea came from for a hundred percent. There's no way. There's no way it, it didn't. <laughs> for, from now on, until I hear differently, I'm assuming that's what happened. I mean, it I, it just seems like a, a pretty I mean, obviously, you know, there can be parallel thinking, and especially with something as broad as hearing other people talk. But like it is almost I mean, I imagine it's almost exactly I'm not going to pretend like I've seen the movie, but it's this it's the same sure way. You haven't. <laughs> sure. I don't have a room full of posters from <laughs> from like 2003's What Women Want. God, please don't be from 2003. Um, the. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I'm looking it up. It's 2000, 2000. So thank God, close, thank God I didn't hit the nail. Wrong. Um, but there was uh, you know, uh, there was another. Oh, um, the movie, the the episode we did a couple weeks ago that was obviously the inspiration for Liar Liar. You know, um, yeah. so it's just uh, it's you can draw pretty pretty easy lines from from here to there. I think. 
Uh, so after that, um, he hears the thoughts of uh, of his uh, his coworker uh, that he has a little, little crush on, and uh, it turns out that uh, you know she's kind of sweet on him too, but just wishes that uh, he would be a little bit more a little bit more assertive. Yeah. And uh, so he decides to go and be assertive and, and tell her what's going on. And, um, uh, you know, I, I would expect that, uh, you know, any normal person, if they heard a coworker saying that, would probably turn them into HR and, uh, <laughs> you know. Unless, yeah. you know, unless they're into it. Uh, that, that could be too, you know. Did you, did you think that... Uh, the the actress' name is June Dayton. Did you think that she looked much older than Dick York's character? Uh, no. I I would have thought that they were pretty close. For some reason, I thought I thought she was like twenty years older than him, <laughs> but she was only five. So, oh, but but she was older than him. So so you yeah. did get that right. Finally, <laughs> next thing you're gonna tell me, William Shatner's in this damn episode. <laughs> No, William Shatner's not in this one, but but the dude oh, from God. Bewitched. I I was ex- I, I was half expecting you to say, "Oh, I didn't notice that was the guy from Bewitched." <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look every everything up now just to make sure. Um, yeah, wasn't at least the beginning of Bewitched in black and white? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I think that's that. actually. I mean, I mean, first of all, Dick York is uh, he's he's a pretty distinctive young man. Yes, absolutely. Um, he's he's pretty recognizable, but like Shatner, I could actually see because most of the stuff you've seen Shatner in is in color. This was in black and white, so I can see. Okay, he's a lot younger. It's in black and white, so yeah. I you know, I mean, listen, I'm not going to stop giving you a hard time about not recognizing <laughs> him. Keith, I I will say, you know, I I, I appreciate the uh, the the nonstop excuses that that you that you make for me. <laughs> But but I can see how you know it's it's Shatner to different contexts. So exactly, I, I, could, I could see that. So, um, Hector, uh, Mister Poole, here's uh, here's Mister Smithers, who I can only assume is the father of uh, Wayland Smithers from The Simpsons. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. It would be uh, you know he kind of has the hair for it a little, so. little bit yeah and, and uh i'm not sure about the origin of mr smithers name but uh until i hear differently i'm going to assume that it came <laughs> from this episode there's no way it wasn't i i'm assuming that matt graining was a twilight zone fan just because he's uh <laughs> he's a, a a clever you know creative guy so clearly he would like the twilight zone um, i'm sure there's probably a bagby somewhere in somewhere in the uh the simpsons ouvois oh uh, oh yeah, naturally. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he hears Mr. Smithers saying he's going to steal uh, steal money from the bank and then sail off to Bermuda or Bar- Barbados or something like that. But, yeah. Uh, to a tropical island paradise somewhere. <laughs> uh, he's going to Kokomo. That's where he's going. <laughs> um, he's going to get there fast and take it slow. It, it, it turns out that uh, he wasn't actually planning to do it. That's just... That's just his way of unwinding at the end of a long week is to dream about <laughs> stealing money from the bank. There, and like, I, I understand that this is how you have to tell this story, but like, 
if I'm daydreaming about sailing to Bermuda, I'm not saying, yes, and then I will drive to the docks and get into a ship, and then I will sail, and it will be wonderful. I'm just picturing, like, lying on a beach, sipping a Mai Tai or something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, again, that's, that's, that's how they had to tell the story, but, but still, it's not, uh, not exactly true to life. Yeah, I, I know when I've thought about, uh, you know, robbing an employer to, to go sail off to a tropical paradise. That's not how I do it. I, I don't know about you, but uh, so uh, so Mr. Bagby, the, uh, the the boss man, he fires Hector, you know, because he it, basically it turns out that Mr. Smithers wasn't planning on stealing money. He didn't have it in, in the in, you know, his his briefcase or whatever. Uh, so when, uh, you know, when, when Hector is trying to, trying to stop him from stealing the money, it turns out it's not there. So Mr. Bagby fires him, but then it turns out that, uh, the, the guy from before actually was arrested for gambling with company money. Yes. So it turns out he probably saved him some, uh, saved him some cash. And, um, not only does he get reinstated, but he gets a, uh, he gets a, a promotion. Which gets a promotion, uh, takes care of Smithers, and gets the gal. Yeah, and, and as any good employee, he he gets uh, he gets the promotion by basically you know dangling <laughs> his uh, his boss's uh, potential infidelity over his head. <laughs> that that conversation, it's it's just it's so good. Like it's such good. Like uh, I, I don't even know what to call it. Just blocking, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Just the the way, like um, the way uh, uh, Dick York, like mechanically, like moves his the position of his body to like deliver certain lines. It's so like it's so a snapshot of that time. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's why I, I I liked watching this episode this time because, like I said, usually I'd skip over it. Yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, geez, the guy had a the guy had a long career. He was he was pretty good at what he did. Oh yeah. So it's it's not surprising. But I I will say that I did like how uh, not only does he get himself uh, you know uh, a, a better job, but he also gets Mister Smithers a vacation. So yes. that's cool. So he gets to go to uh, gets to go to the Canary Islands or whatever it was uh, without having to steal money from the company. Thank you. Which is always good. I mean that that's preferable. Everybody wins. Um, after uh, after after work, he uh, he's uh, he's taken his uh, his new friend Miss Turner, uh, you know, out in the town. Ends up uh, knocking over the uh, the coin, and suddenly he can't read minds anymore. Everything's back to normal. Everything's everything. It's a win 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 win, except for the boss's wife, basically. Except for the boss's wife and. You know, and the guy who got caught, you know, oh, yeah, gambling <laughs> with embezzled money and stuff. You know, it didn't work out well for him, but I, I would say he probably didn't deserve it working out well for him. So. There's a there's um I don't know if it's it's like during a certain section of, of the of the series, but <clears throat> this episode is one of them where like the opening, you know, you are now entering the Twilight Zone uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, narration. It just seems like Rod Serling is rushing through it. Um, I used to think it was that thing that uh, networks do to like 
you know, play credits at like 1.5 the speed times yeah. the speed so that they could fit more commercials in. But I don't know. It, it just seems like uh, it seems like Rod Serling's just trying to like read it and get it over with. It could be. I, I didn't really notice that when I was watching it. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, maybe, maybe it was I have a copy you were watching. <laughs> maybe I have my Netflix on 1.5 the speed. Could be. Could be. Yeah. This episode was 17 minutes for you, right? It's like, uh, Sean was everybody running around the entire episode. <laughs> I, and they didn't seem to get out of breath. I don't know. People were just healthier back then. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that is true. Um, <laughs> hey, you, you know, not to not to backtrack, but to, to last week, we were talking about uh, the little alien guys, Yeah. you know, being kind of chunky. Yeah. Uh, so I guess like the Twilight Zone, much like the Simpsons predicting things, the Twilight Zone predicted uh, America's uh, epidemic of obesity. So yes, absolutely so good for them. Uh, I wash myself with a rag on a stick. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, we we haven't had a Futurama reference in a while, but but we've we've worked in a few few Simpsons uh, references, so that's good. I think I think uh, you know if if there was a live action uh, epi- uh, episode of Futurama, I'd hire. Uh, the actor who played Smithers to play Scruffy. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he's still alive, which you know, yeah, he's not. I, I, <laughs> I just looked it, it up. It, it would be interesting. Uh, it, maybe a missed opportunity as we've been doing this to catalog which of these uh, stars <laughs> of which episodes is actually still alive at the time we tape the episode. <laughs> unfortunately mr smithers it's just really sad because i'm looking up all these actors and i'm like oh man emphysema <laughs> but you know what full lives full lives while while we had them so exactly yeah so uh you know one question uh to to leave us with yes please leave on a happier note than what i've led us into i, I don't know that it's going to be happier but uh, <laughs> uh do, do you think would would you be more horrified knowing what other people around you are thinking? Oh God! Or would they be more horrified knowing what you're thinking? I don't know, man. I that's tough. I'd have to flip a coin and hope it lands on its side. On its side. Yeah, I I mean me, like there there wouldn't be much to read. Like all, all you'd hear is me going. <sighs> <laughs> Just like, like all at least twenty times a day. Just <sighs> <sighs> frustrated sigh. One time in a million, a coin will land on its edge. But all it takes to knock it over is a vagrant breeze, a vibration, or a slight blow. Hector B. Poole, a human coin, on edge for a brief time, in the twilight zone. Abatron?